Electricast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have special guest Indra Rinsler to the show today. Astrologer, spiritual guide, an individual who provides answers to life's questions while promoting mindfulness and the many ways that we can heal ourselves from within. For 50 years, our guest has been involved in spirituality and Vedic astrology. He's been studying and sharing the Enneagram of personality since 1999. And our guest uses these modalities in life readings designed to help clients wake up to who they really are. Indra prides himself as an enthusiastic, genuine man who has been a world traveler for over 20 years, offering sessions and classes in the United States and throughout Asia. It's with great pleasure I welcome our special guest to the show, Indra Rinsler. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I know we were just having it off the, before we even started the, the interview, we were already talking. I'm like, I want to get this on uh, recorded because the stuff you're sharing is just so much fun to hear about and, and, and you know, share with our audience. I, I know anyone who tunes into this show, uh, they're already open-minded to different things and, from my vantage point, I just told you that I feel very comfortable about having you on the show because I want it, I want our audience to get your, your perspective from working 50 years in spirituality. I've only been doing it for about since 04. And I want to ask you, in the 50 years that you practice spirituality, what has been the greatest lesson you've learned that you'd like to share with our audience? The greatest lesson? Oof. The greatest lesson is probably the last lesson, whatever it is, because that's the one that's most current for you. The greatest lesson is to be open. The greatest lesson is to be is is to let go of your arrogance, to let go of your greed, to let go of the you think that you know better. Still working on that. We need a little bit, a little bit of arrogance to be in the body. But other than that, we need to let it go. What is arrogance? It's the thinking that we know better than others. 
that is a real challenge for people because it keeps us from being open and opened is as we talked about is how we tune into our intuition and our 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 getting core feelings rather than rather than our own thinking thinking that that's our intuition but the intuition outside is to be open and to let go of our arrogance so that's well said there we go i know i agree (laughs) with that though because by letting go of your own arrogance, you're able to open yourself up to feel that connection that we all have to one another, in my opinion. Like if you have arrogance, you think you're better than somebody or you think you could do something better than somebody, you're cutting yourself off. You're not you're not going to feel the interconnectedness that we can enjoy from, from building each other up and doing positive things and, and leaving a positive impact. At least that's my view point I, yeah um, that that's always there that 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 when the, the only reason we don't feel it there is because we're blocking it with our arrogance other than when we let down the arrogance then it's then it's there right away i was talking with a client this morning about how to love and the thing is is that 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 the, the love the loving yourself naturally appears when you release all the blocks that the loving is already there you don't have to go anywhere to get the loving all you got to do is remove your blinders so that so that you can see it i love that i agree with you i believe that love is unconditional and once you tap into it it's a spiritual aspect of things as well it's not just an emotion we feel it's it's our connection with our higher self is love i feel like it's the umbilical cord that connects it and and helps us with being our, our truer to ourselves and all that i want to ask you something so vedic astrology interests me i've never done it i'm not very aware of it i want to see if you could share for our audience what is it and how did you become involved in it well vedic astrology is the astrology of india and uh it's it's similar in a sense to the western astrology that people for, are familiar with the, the main i mean the the 12 signs are the same the plan the, the the western uses outer planets vedic traditionally doesn't use outer planets but those are small uh differences the big difference is that the chart is cast slightly differently and the western chart is cast with tropical astrology tropical time a chart timing which is that the uh, that's the relationship between the earth and the sun the relationship between earth and the sun is seasons and so march 21st is airy zero every year but Vedic astrology uses sidereal time. Sidereal is a word that means stars. And so it takes into account the earth and the sun and then the sky behind the sun. And so the sky behind the sun is changing because the sun is moving along with the earth is moving through the universe. And so so the sun is moving in a 26,000 year orbit called the precession of the equinox. And the two systems right now, the two systems were about the same around 400 AD when they started, but now they're about 24 degrees difference. It's 1500 years, it's 72 years, 72 years equals one degree. So it's 24 degrees difference. And so when you think of yourself as an airy sun, the chances are that in Vedic that you're most likely a Pisces sun. And that's the biggest difference. And what it means is that it, it takes people, it can take people a little while to get used to the fact that they're not an Aries, but they're a Pisces. But what it does for me, the way that I use it is it helps me to, to understand what is actually going on for people. I'm not, 
I'm interested in helping you to know who you are, not who you think you are. Who you think you are is your personality and who you really are is your, your essence. And so using uh, is, is essence, not your essence, but essence. And by you looking at the Vedic astrology chart, I can tune into much more clearly what exactly is going on in order to be able to help you to let go of your stories. It just sounds like an amazing opportunity that you could utilize a resource like that that's thousands of years old to gain a greater insight on on oneself. And I think that that's something we can all benefit from after the last couple of years we've been through. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was going to say that that it is in some ways it's thousands of years old. But the the reason that I can do this is because I bring it I bring it into a I, I bring it into a modern view is that I'm not interested in making any predictions. I'm not interested in in giving you a better story. The better story is not a better story. It's not about I'm not interested in having you get a better job or a better TV or a better relationship. I'm actually the better story is to let go of all your stories. And then you're happy with the job and the and the person you have already and the TV that you've already got. You feel those blessings. And so the the modern ideas of, of awakening and the modern ideas of spirituality and the modern ideas of of uh, transformation and change and and uh, essence and and god power in with the traditional astrology in the understanding of the planets without any stories without any right or wrong without any good or bad without any better stories or or worse stories that it's just arc it's a, just a configuration of planets yes some of them are more challenging than others but it's a configuration to teach us a lesson and uh, i had a client this client that i had this morning i've known this lady for about uh maybe six or seven years and she had wanted to have a reading maybe three or four years ago and she'd canceled and so we got to it today and and I was able to reflect back to her, her because of work she's done, because of the work I've done, because of the time that it passed, that she got a little clarity within herself and her real birth time. And all of a sudden I could explain things to her that that she didn't I, I put all of her puzzle parts together in a way that she could understand why she why am I this crazy way that I am and and all these and I could explain it all in a way that she could easily understand in a hour or two yes it's a it's it it opens her up to a lifetime the the rest of her lifetime for work I didn't solve anything but I explained it to her in such a way as that now she can do the work and she didn't understand it before Clarity is such a healing modality that so many people don't really think of. When you get something clear, when you get something clarified, when you gain a greater understanding about the how, maybe not necessarily the what or why, it still helps. It can guide you. Don't need to know the why. You're right. You don't, and you don't need to know the what, the what either. You just need to release whatever it is you feel, and you don't need to know why it came or where it came from or what it's about. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's just the releasing that's the surrender is all that's important. That's like one of the greatest things I've learned the last few years, how to let go, how to forgive, how to surrender, how to have gratitude. That sounds like sub themes of what you're talking about, at least what I got from our conversation so far, is that you you don't try to aspire to gain all this material wealth. It's actually appreciating the stuff you got already and appreciating your relationships and your, your health and things in life. Yeah. So what happens is, is that when you have a want and you block that, you, 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 you only reinforce 
that want and desire. And so when you let go of the desire, then things can come to you. But if you hold on to the desire and the, the want, then what you're holding on to with that want is you're affirming, I don't have it. And in that affirming, you don't have it, it doesn't come to you. So when you release that I want it the, and, and be in neutrality, then, then essence has nothing more than it would rather do than give you what you want. As long as you stop saying you don't have it. <laughs> Sounds like you're describing the intersection of the law of attraction and manifestation into the other ideas we're talking about, which I believe that stuff too. I believe that if you think the right way about things in your life, you can magnetize certain things that happen. And so if you have gratitude, that's such a positive vibrational energy that it can help a lot. If you're, if you're, if you're not holding on to that negative, I wish I had, because that's yes. headspace you don't need, right? It's, it's like if we had operating systems like we were, you know, Windows 98 or Windows 2000, whatever, at this point, 22, you wouldn't be weighed down with all this negative thought. Those what ifs occupy the headspace, but by releasing it, surrendering it, the universe is going to, God, all higher purpose will reward us for the work we do by letting go of that. So let's let go of the word reward. Okay. And let okay. and let's just and let's just say that it just floats to us that it's already there okay. that the that the wanting of something blocks it because if we have a reward then we have a disreward and that gotcha. that's not it's it's our it's our uh, it's our birthright it's you not a reward it. yeah. it's just a birthright it's just a spiritual truth that we're un even if we're unconscious of it that the things that we want come to us as long as we're not blocking it with the idea that, of the wanting and desiring of it. I want to ask you something. I think you'll get this question. Have you ever tried to explain a spiritual experience that you have and you have a hard time fixating words that can describe the real meaning of what a spiritual experience is like? Because I find from my experience, when I have like these really profound experiences, words don't do justice to what the experience feels like. And I wanted to ask if you've had that happen. And if you had, if you could share anything of your own perspective on that. So my perspective on that is that pretty much my whole life is, is that that I could tell you who I am and what life is about as long as you could get into my mind because I can't use any words. And, and so my life has mostly been about developing words, not developing words, but 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 learning words to put to the feelings and the experiences that I already had. And I spent uh, when I'm in India and with my teachers, I've spent a lot of time, you know, eight, 10, 12 years ago where I was starting to take notes and I was starting to take those notes because I was starting to use their words. And I would go back to these teachers in India and I would say, is it okay if I use your words? And they'd read what I wrote and I'd say, I don't recognize that as mine because because a lot of what they were saying were traditional concepts like like karma or uh, which is a simple idea but but like uh, like a word like um like a phrase like uh, cosmic awareness, cosmic intelligence so i had a teacher that used the phrase cosmic intelligence but it wasn't their phrase it was perhaps traditional or perhaps something that their teacher told them it's it's something that they may have read that's been is probably in the bhagavad gita that some word some indian word that got translated as cosmic intelligence and so when i said that's a great word i want to use it and they said well 
go ahead. It's not my, I don't recognize it as my word. And so I think the thing is, is that, is that the, the other side of this, Jason, is, is that our spiritual experiences, we actually shouldn't talk about them. Interesting, really. Yeah, because you because you dilute the experience, because the reason you can't find the words is because it is not of this plane. And there right are not and there are not words to 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 describe the experience. There are people who are pretty capable of finding words that that they come pretty close and that they do that and they have a I lot give, of skill in doing it. I give one simplistic analogy without words having to describe it. I use the analogy like an anecdote, like, okay, so when I was a little kid, I'm dating myself now, I'm 46. But when I was a little kid, there was black and white TV and we went from black and white TV and now we're on these 4K beyond. And I say, when you think about what I've experienced in my life, when I do a spiritual experience and I've gone through one, like a prophetic dream or something that's interesting, just from whatever I do, I say, it's like taking the black and white TV, which is what we are, and then comparing it to the the most strongest 4k 8k 120 billion k i'm like it's just so different <laughs> and that's right. the way i try to describe how i know i'm in a i'm in the middle i've had different things happen to me with my cancer and different things i've been through in my own life and and get, that gave me some some life perspective and i will just say that there was spiritual guidance along the way that helped me and and i noticed that that was something i grew from because of the experiences of it and just learning about how love is truly interconnected with all of us and that we're more made of love than we're made of anything else. And I'm sure you probably feel that way, that humanity is capable of having unconditional love with one another and appreciating our place in this universe. You know, it's absolutely gaining that appreciate. I guess the word appreciation wouldn't be right to use it twice, but gaining our, our place, you know, like on planet earth, you know, we're part of planet earth, knowing our role on the earth and then taking that and understanding that we're spiritual beings ourselves. And I want to see what your opinion is about that, because I know you have an opinion. I would well, think. Well, I, I, I basically agree with that, but I want to go back to this other thing. That first sure. of all is is that we shouldn't really share our spiritual experiences because they they dissipate them. If you're having an intimate, a wonderful intimate with your intimate intimate, and you say, "I wonder how my team's doing," that's going to break the moment. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So it's best not to share your experiences. They've been given to you. I'm saying this in general. I'm not saying yeah. this particularly to you, but I'm saying sure. in general, the teachers have told have told me, I've heard them, I've heard many say that it's best not to talk about these spiritual experiences because you dissipate them. And then the other side of it is that I would say to you or to anyone is why do you need to share them? Interesting. I, from my vantage point, when I share just because of my spirit guides lead me in that direction to do so. So that's why I do, but that's, we're all, oh, okay. we're, all, we're all different. So if your spirit guides are sharing those and that's a little bit different, but if it's coming yeah. from ego, then that's mm-hmm. not really the good thing to do. And I would say that the, that the, and, and again, your, your, your guides, are they telling you to give them the experience or are they telling them, telling you to give them the essence of the experience in other words if you have a spiritual experience we're going to pick it up by how it changes you that we can that we can't listen to the experience and then i and then i saw my grandmother in my dream and i yeah. was changed that isn't going to work i mean i could tell you what i experienced I, but but it's I feel not like going to work we all have our own we all have our own calling we all have our own path 
path. And I've known since 04 that I'm on this, but for 10 years, I was very quiet about it. I didn't let people know about my, my psychic stuff because I um, so what was I'm a lawyer. Saying, though, is rather than the experience that you had. I think it pins back that, to essence. That, that what you can share is the result of that experience. Yeah. And so you come on, uh, you, when we got together, you felt me to be whatever, 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 you know, I think I said spirit I, family and that you're very open and that you've been through this journey that I, I can sense in the 50 years of time that you spent in your spiritual practice, that that's something that I would love to have as a, as a perspective for our audience to hear from, because you have your own unique place in your own perspective, living in India and being abroad and studying these things from your own point of view and gaining okay. wisdom. So what I'm saying is that rather than if I go through, you know, like 50 years worth of experiences to tell you how I got here, the yeah. better teaching is that you can see how I am now so that then you can then be inspired to be like that if that's how you want to be. That's that's my point. Absolutely. I, I get that. I get that. I think one of the most important things for us is to have dialogue. Our conversation right now being recorded for our audience to hear and, and, and to share on social media or whatever. And it's, it's, it's beneficial because there's not enough of these kind of talks. We need them. <laughs> we have to so have that them. It inspires recorded. other people, but it isn't the inspiration. Isn't that I had this mystical experience and, and Jesus. That's where are you and, now? Yeah. It's like, that's it's the mindfulness the, part of it. That's that's it. That's the point. And so the, the experiences themselves are to be treasured and to me are be to be treasured and not shared. And they 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 part of who we who we become. But when we try to then we have this experience, we had an incredible weekend and then we get back to the office and we say, oh, my God, I I I, I met her and I did this. And the and the festival was, in, you know, it's like I didn't do that. I was home taking care of the kid all weekend. I don't really want to hear your story. And it would so, be, where are you a better, better from the experience? How have you enlightened or how have you grown in some way to become more towards your life goals and life purpose and meaning? That's the kind of stuff I tell people all the time is we need to find our purpose, and our meaning. And a lot of that. So that that's from, not in the experience itself. The experiences are from the outcome. The, it's the outcome. And right, I get that. And, I get yeah. that. So that's what, that's what we that's what we're sharing all the time we can't help but share that there's no <laughs> other way but sharing that even if we, we don't want we to share it, we're sharing it yeah we well, are think about the this outcome way. we are the outcome right every minute we're living and we're growing we're our outcome <laughs> where we've been and what we're doing and where we're headed absolutely absolutely <laughs> let me ask you this i want I, I love i love the way we're conversing about this stuff because it's 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 such a meaningful conversation for me I want to ask you if you could tell us a little bit about your own personal journey, what led you to India and how did you embark on your own path to, to gain the experience you have with Vedic astrology and, and, and spirituality? So I can't tell you how. All I can tell you is, is that when I first moved to California in the early 1970, that they had metaphysical bookstores in California where I still am in Berkeley. There was a, a Shambhala, uh -huh. a couple of, streets down from the campus, you know, the radical campus of uh, University of California at Berkeley, and uh, they had metaphysical books and astrology books, and I started buying them and reading them. I had, you know, I guess I this isn't very mystical, but my mystical experiences was that, that my parents had both passed on, and that I had the opportunity to, uh, to, to find myself, to, to, to find myself in 
to find myself in in my own happiness and and I don't know the words I used 50 years ago I can't tell you but it would be you know to find myself to to uh, open myself up to to be to find happiness to and, and so I started a search and all I knew was the first step you know I don't my personality is such that I don't need to know the last step I only need to know the first step and then look out and so I started reading the books and I started being hanging more with spiritual we we saw ramdas i think in 1971 the first time and and other spiritual teachers and started reading these spiritual books and and meeting more spiritual people and just you know each step of the way each year was more and more devoted to those aspects and the other aspects of life so what are the other aspects of life it's outward gain it's being uh, image, you know, that everybody loves me and loves the way that I dress and what loves the way that I am and being seen for being, you know, ego stuff. A, like yeah, having, the ego, yeah, the ego, ego stuff. stuff. Yeah, all of that dropped away. It was another, never, you know, I had already grown up in an area that was grew up in Manhattan, you know, in a, in a, in a well area, in a good area and had gone to the best schools and I had I knew that that wasn't it. And so and so in India, there's there's the ancient teaching of nete nete, not this, not that. And so and so it's not this, it's not that, it's not this, it's not. So what is it? And so and and so that's the path is, is that you is that you don't may not know what it is, but by knowing what it isn't, then you can reduce the possibilities of what it is. And then eventually when you let go, then what it is becomes apparent and it's a natural happenstance. It's not something that you don't have to do a breathing technique, though it can uh, speed it up. It's not like, it's just like gravity, you know, it just, you know, the apple gets on the ground because of gravity and so off the tree. And so by one step in front of each other, the, the astrology seemed, uh, the, the Vedic didn't come in until the late 90s. I, w- I had spent 20 years living in, a, in an ashram in California, a community that was devoted to that, an Indian teacher and was devoted to Indian teachings and Indian things. And so when people got into astrology, it was natural to get into Vedic and Indian astrology that was becoming known around the starting in the 90s. The, the, coin, the term had been coined by professional astrologers who American born who wanted to bring Indian astrology to America and they used it as a marketing term. I don't believe that there's anything in the Vedas about astrology. There is mention of the planets, but there is no mention of uh, watch out for Pluto and uh, marketing term that just that just that bastardizes it when you talk like that. I'm just going to say like if someone uses the spiritual and tries to monopolize on it and create a, it has to be. You ever heard of an early bird discount? Yeah. Yeah. It's not any difference. It's a marketing term. Oh, I get it. So you're saying, but see, I think when it comes to spiritual stuff, people should have a certain respect or reverence for certain things. I agree with you. I heard years ago, I heard of a teacher that I've never sat with, but I heard that they was a popular teacher around more around now. I won't say who it was and that the, the work, the weekend workshop was free, but you had to spend $250 to buy 25 books so that he could get into uh, the New York times bestseller list. Yeah, that's, not good. <laughs> You'll so, get my opinion there. I understand what you're saying. 
So, so yes, originally Vedic astrology was a marketing term because they wanted to bring Indian astrology to America. And they thought that if they brought it, if they brought Indian astrology again, we're talking late eighties yeah. that, that, you know, everybody was going to go, who cares? It's Indian, but they called it Vedic astrology and they gave it a, they gave it a, uh, in fact, the, the Enneagram, which, um, which we don't need to get into, but it's another one of my do- modalities. They say that it's a that it's a Sufi tradition, but the Sufis don't take any responsibility for it. And there is also the theory that that the reason that that, that the man wanted to, said it was a Sufi tradition in order to give it a little bit of uh, cosmos, you know, in order to give it a bit of a bit of depth, you know, and it's, it has a mysterious. Uh, a mysterious uh, history because we don't really know where it came from, but uh, they say it's the Sufis, but the Sufis take no responsibility for it. So, so, so integrity and spirituality, they, they are not necessarily. Always uh, one and one. I get what no. you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's I understand. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When you were on your spiritual journey, I, I envision a lot of time of reflection, reflective, processes and and experiencing things that i i'm not going to even be able to ask you the how of course but i'd be curious to find out if you could describe what was it for you that your spiritual journey in india like really impressed on you the most well i i want to say that the spiritual path has ups and downs you know and it has a, and it can have dry periods where you don't feel anything for years and that's very natural and so so they 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 quite often in a spiritual work the new people will will be they they have the new people in the group talk to the new people because they all they both have the new enthusiasm because if you've been in something for 10 5 or 10 or 20 years you don't have that same enthusiasm and you're right so, about that <laughs> so so i think what i want to share with you that that i i became i had the situation that i became a world traveler i had the opportunity to go overseas i went to india in 86 for a month but then in 99 my whole life changed and i my wife and i celebrated our 25th anniversary by separating and my kids were pretty grown and i was able to then leave the place that i'd left for 20 that i'd lived for 20 years this this ashram community and start to travel the world and 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 change everything and i remember the things that have meant most to me is not so much in India, this experience, but a lot in China and and bus rides all over the Asian world. I remember taking a bus from Kuala Lumpur to, to Singapore, the bus ride and, and so many bus rides in China and looking out of the window and listening to to the music, you know, my my mantras and my music, my music, it was mostly Indian mantras, but other kinds of music and just crying my eyes out and just thinking that here this this being Indra is is looking out on this plane, you know, we're, we're, we're crossing a flat and we're going up high and we're looking out on this plane in China and it's a place you'd never heard of and you'd never been to and China is huge and you're and there's Chinese people around and it's just it's just unworldly. And here I am, and I'm crying my eyes out because it's just such a beautiful experience. Here I am telling you what I'm doing. You're getting out of me what I said I shouldn't do. I'm sharing. <laughs> I'm sharing I'm going to laugh at that. Yeah, so I'm sure. So you're pretty clever or something. <laughs> so, it wasn't intentional. Uh, 
you know, I'm crying my eyes out and I'm just feeling a oneness. I, I went to Mongolia for a summer. I spent a month in Mongolia and it was just outrageous. I was in a, I was in a, I was reading a book. I was reading two books that summer. I was reading a book about Genghis Khan, who actually has a high side. He's He's got bad marketing. He's actually, uh, while they were warlike, okay. yeah. they, he, he built the largest empire in the world. And they had no written language. They had no cities. They were they were nomads, and 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 they could see. They brought the the plants of the Middle East to China, and they brought the the herbs of they pollinating, Asia. right? Yeah, like they pollinated, pollinated like crazy. Yeah. So I'm sitting. I'm sitting. I'm reading this book. I'm reading a book on uh, on Genghis Khan, and they say that he went to this place as a summer retreat. And I was there that day and they said that that he spent the summer in this valley. And here I am spending the night in a nomadic summer camp that we paid a dollar to stay, to be fed, maybe a dollar for the meal and maybe a dollar for the sleeping in this yurt with this family. And I'm reading that 800 years ago, Genghis Khan was in this place. And it was like, whoa, it's (laughs) like, where am I? You know, am I 800 years ago or am I right now? And you walk outside and, and like, I don't think I stayed up late enough to get the dark sky because the sky was so, this the land was so flat and it was summer and so far north that it hardly ever got dark. And and the stars, when you saw stars, you could see them on the horizon, not only on the east-west horizon, but on the north-south horizon, too. Wow. I mean, let's put it this way. You sharing that experience just now gave us a unique point of view from someone who's been to Mongolia, connected to Genghis Khan, looked at the synchronicities within themselves, connected to Genghis Khan at the location you were at, and you got to admire the process that helped you appreciate that. And I'm sure there was a letting go involved in all that too that you didn't even get onto because there's a letting go process anytime you you gain. <laughs> I feel like when we let go is when we gain, right? Our appreciation or whatever it is. I, I thank you for sharing that anecdote because I think that that's very powerful and, it, and I envision that kind of moment you you had <laughs> and so i appreciate I spent, so i spent about I, I i traveled for 20 years until covid i've i've only been in uh, america one winter since 98 except for covid one winter <laughs> plus the covid winters where i've also been in the u.s so we stopped traveling so this but, is like your first of a while basically where you're yeah, the, yeah that's a whole new experience thing and now we've been here two winters and it's a whole new experience and we're and we're loving it. But I, I traveled like that for, uh, well, for for a, a good 12 years. I was gone four months in the winter and two months in the summer. But those six, though, there are about four, five, six years where I was having these experiences and there was a tremendous amount of um, changes going on inside. It was all preparatory. It wasn't the release. That wasn't the release. That was just the I don't know exactly what to say. It was it was more the mystical experience. Are you a journey? Yeah, it was the inner journey. Are you a journey? Yeah, it was the journey. It was the mystical experience, but the mystical experience isn't necessarily the the depth of spirituality. The mystical experience is the wow moment, and those wow moments were preparatory for for things that happened later on. I think we're we're in the last three years. I I believe three or four years now that 
that that has bec- that has fruited more in a way that it hadn't before and so I don't look uh, negatively on the experiences that I had, the traveling that I did have. It was am- amazing to be in foreign countries, countries I'd never been in before. I was a trader. I would I would buy things and bring them back to America and sell them. That's uh, what I was doing. And so I traveled. I, I was doing business and pleasure. And uh, I got to go to Mongolia. I got to go to Ethiopia and buy things there. I was in... You're yeah, a merchant, merchant heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Full. absolutely, and um, <laughs> and that now I satisfied that, and now that's been let go. And then when that dissipated, then I was ready to come back to the astrology and to be able to share with uh, clients what I had learned based on the. I didn't know how to present the material before about ten years ago, and then all of these experiences happened and they opened me up to where all of a sudden I had astrological ideas that I don't know whether I read them or not. It didn't matter, but they were astrological ideas that I believe to be true that I have. That's how I, I work with astrology readings and uh, well all the readings that i do in order to to help people to wake up i'm not interested in sir i'm not interested in giving them a better life as i said before i'm not interested in them in making me putting me on an altar i'm interested in opening them up and so what i do is i help to explain their positions in order for them to be able to understand it so that they can then let go of the the downside of the particular challenges that they face. What do you think from your vantage point is the meaning of life and why we go through the experiences we go through? Well, I think that the the meaning is the is just to grow. I don't think there's any meaning beyond that. It could be that we're, uh, you know, it could be. I think it's the anthropomorphism. I think it's our own human ego that says that we're we're trying to get to a place. I don't know that we're trying to get to a place. I I think that 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 a lot of what we think about what God looks like with the long beard and the you know, the Sistine Chapel and all that. I think that's a lot of anthropomorphism is, is that we're, you know, it's, it's, we want it to be that way. And so I don't know that it is that way. I think the purpose is, is to grow and to evolve. And, and I don't think that there's a right or a wrong. I'm not sure that it's good or bad. I'm not sure that, that there's, Oh, there's an incredible quote that uh, let's see if I can pull it together, but he basically says, that he he realized this is a very evolved man and he realized that in the ethereal plane that he got the idea he wondered what it would be like to be an individual interesting <laughs> he had the thought on the ethereal plane that he wondered like we sit here and wonder we wonder what it would be like to be connected but if you're in a plane where connection is 100 percent, you're trying to see the opposite you, on the other side of it, <laughs> then you would be out there with the thought, I wonder what it's like to be an individual. I wonder what it's like to live in a 3D world. I wonder what it's like to to not be to spiritual. 
Yeah, to not be spiritual. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you know, too much pizza. What does too much pizza feel like? You know, I can think pizza and I can think too much, but what does too much pizza feel like? And so I just think I, of being weighed down, was, having like a, a weighed down feeling. <laughs> no, but you're in the ethereal plane, you know, and you and you wonder. It's not about. It's not about that. You when you have the experience, you say, "Oh, yeah. well, that wasn't much," you know. But you're you're sitting out there wondering, and so and so. I I was telling a client recently. I, I use the example of jealousy. Is that you're you're in the you're in the ethereal plane, and and your mentor says, you know you hold on to jealousy and, and, and you say, well, okay, how do I let go of that? And and your mentor says, well, you know, if you go down to earth and you marry somebody and then they hook up with somebody else, you're going to really feel jealousy. That's how you're going to let go of it. The density of this plane is the, is the, it's both the curse and the blessing. Because the the density of it helps us to uh, it it. keeps us yeah it, it keeps us it, it keeps us ignorant you know of our spirituality of our of our universal connectedness but it also is so dense that that our grossness we can feel in such a way that we can say whoa I don't want to hold on to that anymore you know you're up in the ethereal well, what's why is jealousy so bad well you can figure it out down here why it's not <laughs> so all the good. pain it creates all the pain it creates and all the yeah chaos that yeah. can be resulting from that let me ask yeah. you this Right now, if our audience wants to get a hold of you, how would they reach you? I'm like Tinkerbell. You just have to think of me and I'll appear, you know. (laughs) But uh, an easier way for them might be to either connect through my website, IndraRinsler.com, or to email me at IndraRinsler at gmail.com. That's how the best way to to connect with me is in this physical plane. Yeah, listen, I have to tell you, this has been a really fun interview for me today. Talking to you, your energy is, is fascinating to me. I enjoy talking to you, and I'm really happy that you and I crossed paths today to have this conversation. And I definitely want to welcome you back on and collaborate with you more. I think there's topics we could probably talk about that can really resonate. So you have a, a really great point of view, and it's it's good to learn. And here, I like hearing different perspectives because that's how I learn, is is studying ideas and learning things. And I learn from all my guests when they come on and I appreciate you sharing your, your knowledge with our audience today and perspective. Well, I uh, thank you very much for having me and very happy to share my perspective because it's how I figure out what I, what my perspective is. And, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to come with you. And I also like to say, like you just mentioned is that, is that I believe that we do teaching that I do these readings with people because that's how I can learn what I need to learn is, is that we teach what we need to learn because if we, because if we don't, if we know it, then we don't really have to teach it. That's so true. I think about those profound words right there. Cause words have meaning words have concepts we attach meaning to. And by you sharing that it, it, it can give you the, vantage point of how you're looking at it from this particular point of view right here right now. And I appreciate that. Well, absolutely. You know, words, words, but there are, you know, mystical experiences that are a little hard to, that are consciously not able to be used in words. There was a, a famous teacher in India and he said, I prefer to teach in silence, but if they can't hear it, then I use words because words are denser. Words are, words are, words are, 
yeah, petty. Words are. I was gonna say three D, three D ish. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Three D ish, and then and then and silence is in silence. You can hear so much clearer in silence when you can hear that way. And in this in the silence, that's the better way to teach. But most of us, well, I would say all of us can you know have learned some lessons that way. But most of us uh, don't uh, don't necessarily learn that way well uh, until we're ready to learn that way well. And so, yeah, my wife and I about, um, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago now, we had a, a little thing happened and I'm not exactly sure what it was. And, and my wife said, well, let's talk about it. And we dissipated it. We never had to talk about it because without putting any words on it, that the love came through and whatever it was that there was a wholeness about what whatever it was. And I'm not even sure what it was. I love that. But we didn't we didn't actually need to talk about it because the love took over and whatever it was, it dissipated is that we we needed, we got out of it whatever we needed to get out of it for ourselves. We are not the mirror for each other. I mean, we are a mirror for each other, but we are not the healer for each other. And so and and so it wasn't about discussing anything because that would that's more um uh like you say 3d it's more blocky and it's and it's more limited but in the silence we could learn our whatever we needed to learn from exactly whatever happened and that we can then take it immediately to a higher plane because because there aren't any words that we put back and forth that we have to kind of you know words can be really good and then words can be really hurtful and and unclear and and insecure and and confusing and and uh, and then the silence is really pure when we have these really intimate moments there's the words block the flow i said that before that the words block the flow and it's the silence that is is shouting clearly you know it's not about <laughs> it's not about with your partner it's not about the word i mean it's nice to hear the words i love you but you know actions speak louder than words say, you have to say that yeah you, that's yes. right actions speak louder than words and when i can feel when i can feel the love that's I'm powerful. Not saying me <laughs> then then i can believe it but if you say the words then i don't feel it to be 100% true and so, sure, I'm happy to be the 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 radical that comes in and and bust. I, I've been busting balloons for forever. You know, I, I I do things differently, and I have different ideas and different points of view. I just want to thank Indra for coming on the show and sharing his keen insight about Vedic astrology and spirituality. Indra has over 50 years of experience in this stuff, and he spent his life dedicating himself to it. And so, if anyone in the audience has any interest in mindfulness, astrology, life skills, or just being inspired, check out Indra's information. It'll be in the show notes, his website and everything else. And just think about these things. That's why we do these episodes to get you to think a little more about our place in the world and everything else. And I think Indra is a person that can really inspire a lot of us. And I'm very glad to have him share his insight with us. We're all on a journey to heal to gain insight and, and learn from our life lessons. And I think having someone like Indra on the show is definitely very valuable for us as a show. So stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. 
You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in-store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid. Electric acid.